السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا قال ربي شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأكتة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما وعن أبي يحيى سهيب بن سنان رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عجبا لأمر المؤمن إن أمره كله له خير وليس ذلك لأحد إلا للمؤمن إن أصابته سراء شكر فكان خيرا له وإن أصابته ضراء صبر فكان خيرا له رواه مسلم أبو يحيى سهيب بن سنان He reported that the messenger of Allah سبحانه وتعالى said How wonderful is the case of a believer There is prosperity attends him he expresses gratitude to Allah and that is good for him and if adversity befalls him he endures it patiently and that is better for him good for him in everything and this applies only to a believer so we find as regards to the reports of Suhaib the Roman he said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned how beautiful is the affairs of a believer there is good for him in all his affairs and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he expressed amazement and he specified and he says the affairs of a believer meaning that the believer's condition whether it is good or whether it is bad So the situation is good, alhamdulillah. And this is only for the believer. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he explained the matter and he said that if prosperity comes to him, something good happens in your life, something great happens to him. And if adversity befalls him, so the opposite, and he endures this, then this is better for him. This is the condition of a believer. This is how a believer should be. That every human is between two things as regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qada and qadr. You either have something which is prosperity or something adverse happens to you, something good happens to you or something bad happens to you. And regarding these occurrences, prosperity and adversity, the people are of two categories, a believer and a non-believer. So here, Shaykh Muhammad Salih al-Uthaymin rahimallahu ta'ala, he mentions and he informs us that yes, you have a believer. And a believer, something good happens to him in life, And some, or something bad can happen to him in his life but a true believer is happy with either condition so now this is the believer but as for the non-believer they go through good and they are happy when they go through bad when they go through something which is not in conformity to what they want then they start acting up Then they start pulling out the hair. Some of them even commit suicide. Wa na'udhu billah. 
So a believer, he accepts whatever Allah has preordained for him. And this is good in any case. If an affliction touches him, he will be patient about Allah Azza wa Jal's decree. And he will wait for the relief from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he would expect the beautiful reward from Allah Azza wa Jal. So that becomes a source of good for him. And if any religion related favor reaches him, such as knowledge and pious deeds or a worldly benefit like wealth and children and family, he is also grateful to Allah Azza wa Jal by giving him this. And this is because gratitude is not by mere utterance with a tongue, by saying, Oh Allah, I thank you. But rather gratitude and thankfulness is by giving obedience to Allah Azza wa Jal. I cannot say thank you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting me that I passed my exams. So alhamdulillah we passed the exams, we became medical doctors, we became whatever we passed matric. And what do we do? We say oh thank you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that night wa na'udhu billah we start indulging in haram. Maybe speaking to the opposite sex, going out with him, involving ourselves in drugs, listening to music, just having a good jollification. But we just thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know it's just not merely, oh, I thank Allah with a tongue. But my action, my body is supposed to go also in the direction of obeying Allah azza wa jal. So he will be grateful to Allah which is better for him. And here these two benefits. The religious benefit and the worldly benefit. The worldly benefit from prosperity and that of the religion through gratitude. And this is the condition of the believer. He is ever upon goodness whether he is reached by affluence or affliction. As for the disbeliever, he is always upon evil and the refuge is sought with Allah Azza wa Jal when adversity afflicts him like we explained earlier on he is not patient he grows to be annoyed he cries bitterly and wailing cursing the time and period even cursing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa na'udhu billah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says قُلْ سَيْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الرِّزْقِ قُلْ هِيَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا خَالِصَةً يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كَذَلِكَ نُفَصِّلُ الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمِ يَعْلَمُونَ And say, who has forbidden adornment with clothes given by Allah which he had produced for his slaves and all kinds of lawful things of food say they are in the life of this world of those or for those who believe and exclusively exclusively for them on the day of resurrection. 
So it is only for the believers and exclusively for them on the day of resurrection. But as for those who do not believe, it is not for them. They consume them even when they are forbidden for them and they will be punished for that on the day of resurrection. The disbelievers condition is one of not being thankful to Allah Azza wa Jal. Whether adversity befalls him or prosperity reaches him unlike the believer whose entire affairs are good. And this hadith speaks and exhorts us towards faith. And it indicates that the believer is ever upon goodness and favor. It also entails encouragement towards patience during adversity and the fact that this, that, that is from the qualities of a believer. So when you find yourself patient and expectant of bounteous rewards, hoping for way out from Allah, free is he from all imperfections and exalted is he and expecting Allah's rewards. That is the symbol of a true believer. But if you note the opposite, you blame yourself, you adjust your steps and then you need to repent to Allah Azza wa Jal. This hadith also includes motivation towards being thankful during prosperity. Sometimes when things are going good in life, then we forget to thank Allah Azza wa Jal. Because an individual thanks his Lord over a favor. That is from Allah's granting him success and it doubles as a means of increasing the favors as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the exalted said وَإِذْ تَأَذَّنَ رَبُّكُمْ لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِنْ كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ وَإِذْ تَأَذَّنَ And remember رَبُّكُمْ when your Lord proclaimed لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ that if you give thanks to me, you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will increase you, He will give you more. But if you are unthankful and ungrateful to Allah, then know that my punishment is indeed severe. So when Allah Azza wa Jal, when He guides the individual towards showing gratitude, that in fact is another favor, and that in turn deserves gratitude. So when He is guided to show gratitude, over that it is another bounty, and that attracts gratefulness a third time, and so on. This is because only a few really show gratitude, Hence, if Allah grants you the favor to show gratitude, then indeed this is but a great bounty. Consequently, one of the people, one of a famous person, you once said that since my gratitude for Allah's favor is itself a favor, then I must give thanks in the like of it. So, how can full gratitude be attained except by the bounty and the fadl? Of Allah Azza wa Jal, even if the days pass and the years continue. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one 
that gives us the ability to thank Allah. And Sheikh Uthaymin says that this pious person, he said that indeed this person spoke the truth. If Allah grants you the ability to give gratitude, that is a great favor requiring additional gratitude. So you thanking Allah Azza wa Jal for granting you the opportunity to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to awaken our minds and to rectify our actions and to grant us sincerity because indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous and the most honorable. The next hadith is a hadith narrated by Anas radiyallahu anhu. وَعَنْ Anas radiyallahu anhu قَالَ لَمَّا ثُقِلَ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم جعل يتغشاه الكرب فقالت فاطمة رضي الله عنها وأكرب أبتاه فقال ليس على أبيك كرب بعد اليوم فلما مات قالت يا أبتاه أجاب رب الدعاه يا أبتاء جنة الفردوس مأواه يا أبتاء إلى جبريل ننعاه فلما دفن قالت فاطمة رضي الله عنها أطابت أنفسكم أن تحثوا على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم التراب رواه البخاري Anas radiyallahu an, he narrated that when the last illness of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made him unconscious, Fatima who was the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she said, Ah, the distress of my dear father. And Anas, he replied, there will be no distress for your father sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after today. When the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala passed away, Fatima radiallahu anha said, My father, Allah has called you back and you have responded to his call. Oh my father, the garden of Firdaus is your abode. Oh my father, we announce to Jibreel your death. When he was buried, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she said, Are you satisfied now? that you put earth over the grave of the messenger of Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here, the author, Imam Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he cited this narration reported by Anas, by Allah be pleased with him, that when the pain became quite severe during the illness in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away, the distress began to overwhelm him. That is owing to the severity of his condition. He would lose consciousness, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because the fever and pain were severe on him. His fever was equivalent to what afflicted two men put together. And the wisdom behind that is for him to attain the epitome of patience. Patience is indeed 
my beloved brothers and sisters, a lofty trait, and it can only be achieved through tests and trials from Allah Azza wa Jal. Since it is required in the face of distress, so if the individual has not been afflicted with distress, how can his patience be determined? Allah Azza wa Jal, he mentions and he says, وَلَا نَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ حَتَّى نَعْلَمَ الْمُجَاهِدِينَ مِنْكُمْ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَنَبْلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ Towards the end of Surah Muhammad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And certainly, surely, we will most definitely, shall try you till we test those who strive hard for the cause of Allah and patience. So here we need to understand that the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the saddest day in the life of the companions. This was a day when they went through extreme stress. This was a day when they went through extreme hardship. This was a day when Medina was darkened. Imagine losing Rahmatul lil alameen, a mercy unto mankind. Losing Khatamun Nabiyin, the seal of all prophets. Knowing that there's no revelation to come after this day. Jibreel is not coming to give wahi anymore. This was the day when Umar radiallahu an. And everyone knows who Umar, Umar was Umar. And this was the day when Umar radiallahu an, where he said that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has not passed on, but he's gone for 40 days like that of Nabi Musa and he will come back. And this was the day when Abu Bakr radiallahu an. When all of the companions and the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they were going through difficulties, they were going through stress, and it took it takes a leader, and this was none other than Abu Bakr radiallahu an, who took the reins and he climbed on the mimbah and he explained that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed on. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he experienced fever as would be felt by two men put together. As a result, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would lose consciousness and Fatima radiallahu anha would say that indeed my father is distressed. She agonized for her father. Since she's a lady and females could easily being convenienced. Thereupon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he replied there will be no distress or Anas Afwan he replied that there will be no distress for your father after today. This is because while he was leaving this world to the loftiest companions as he has done been overwhelmed by death he was saying oh Allah with the loftiest Right, so Afwan, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, there will be no distress for your father today, meaning speaking to Fatima. And in other hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that, oh Allah, 
were the loftiest companions. Oh Allah were the loftiest companions. Yani Rafiqul A'la. As he looked at the roof of his house, may Allah shower his blessings and peace upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he passed away and Fatima radiallahu anha grieved over his death. She did that lightly, not by way of disgust. For indeed this was the decree and the preordainment, the qada and qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And concerning her saying that he answered a Lord who has called him, that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from all imperfections, has the dominion of everything in his hands. The lifespans of the entire creatures are in his hands. The control of the creation is with him. Everything shall go back to Allah Azza wa Jal. كل من عليها فان ويبقى وجه ربك ذو الجلال والإكرام. That everything is going to perish. Everything is going to come to an end except Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah says كل نفس ذائقة الموت. That every soul shall taste death. The end and the return of all things is to Allah. So He answered the caller of Allah. Allah called to His death and He accepted. That is to say. Like other believers, when his soul was taken, his soul will be taken up above the seventh heaven before Allah Azza wa Jal. Hence, Fatima radiallahu anha said, O oh my father, or O oh father, he has answered a Lord who has called him. And her statement, O oh father, the Firdaus, yani paradise, the highest of paradise is his abode, is because he will have the highest in rank amongst the entire humanity and this is in paradise and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said ask Allah al-wasila for me for it is a rank in the paradise meant only for one of the servants of Allah and I hope I will be the one undoubtedly the prophet's abode is Firdaus paradise which is the highest rank in paradise its rooftop covering its top part has the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Above it, the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will occupy its loftiest place. So concerning the statement of Fatima radiallahu anha, O Father, we announce his passing away to Jibreel. And this brings us to a very important point. And that is the announcement of death of the deceased. So she says that we announce his passing away to Jibreel because Jibreel would come and bring revelation to him day in and night. Day in and day out, during the day, during the night. So when we are bereaved of the Prophet, peace be upon him, we will miss the descent of Jibreel as well. And also we know that revelation, that wahi, ended at the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thereafter, when he was carried and buried, may Allah please be may Allah be pleased with her. She said, Were your hearts at ease when you put earth, meaning when you threw the sand over the body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And this is out of extreme grief over him and her sorrow, and her understanding that hearts of the companions, may Allah be pleased with him, were filled with love for Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So was this content? 
And the response is that it was. Since that was what Allah wished, it is Allah's legislation. But if the Prophet, peace be upon him, could be ransomed for the entire earth, the companions, be pleased with him all, would have done so. However, to Allah free is from all imperfections, belongs the decision to him alone. And this decision was that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Zumar, that indeed you, O Muhammad, will die. Innaka mayyitun wa innahu mayyitun. And indeed they also will die. Then on the day of resurrection, you will be disputing before your Lord. So let us look at some points of benefit with regards to this hadith. This hadith contains explanation that Allah's messenger is like others amongst human beings in the sense, and listen carefully, in the sense that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he ate food. That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he got sick. That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would experience hot weather, cold weather, etc. However, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was khayrul bashar. He was the best of mankind. Rahmatun lil alameen. Khatamun nabiheen. And saying this is not taking anything away from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I am simply a human like you. I forget as you do. It also entails refutation against those who join the messenger as a partner with Allah. There are certain groups, certain Sufi groups, like the Barilwiyah and others, that they would supplicate to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Madad ya Rasulullah, aghithni ya Rasulullah, ask his help why he is in his grave. And in fact, some of them, and, the ref- and we seek refuge with Allah, would never even supplicate to Allah, but that they would use Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and seem to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not through Rasulullah, but asking the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They would only send their invocations to the messenger as if it is the messenger, peace be upon him, that grants answers to supplication. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ الدَّعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِي فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ And when my slave asks, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي Say to him that I am close. أُجِيبُ الدَّعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ That I answer the call of the caller. So these people, they are misguided in their religion and have been really foolish. The Prophet, peace be upon him, does not have the power to harm or to bring benefit to himself. So how can he do that for anyone else? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he ordered the Prophet that, Say, O Muhammad, I don't tell you that with me are the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Know that I know the unseen. No, I tell you that I am an angel. But he is rather the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Suratul An'am, I but follow what is revealed to me. Allah is free from all imperfections said to him as well. قُلْ إِنِّي لَا أَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ ضَرًّا وَلَا رَشَدًا قُلْ إِنِّي لَنْ يُجِيرَنِي مِنَ اللَّهِ أَحَدٌ وَلَنْ أَجِدَ مِنْ دُونِهِ مُلْتَحَدًا إِلَّا بَلَاغًا مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرِسَالَاتِهِ وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا Say, O Muhammad, it is not in my power to cause you harm or bring you <coughs> right cause you harm or to bring you to the right path say none can protect me from Allah's punishment and association partners with Allah but conveyance of the truth and when Allah the most exalted the most high sent down his statement and warn your tribe, O Muhammad, of near kindred. In Surah to Shu'ara, he called his people and started announcing to them that worship one Allah. And Fatima radiallahu anha, the daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, asked whatever you ask, whatever you wish from my property, for I cannot avail you of anything before Allah. To this extent, pay attention. He says to a part of him and the one whose concerns worries him. I cannot avail you of anything before Allah. And this is evidence that is with a greater reason for others than her. It shows the deviance of people who supplicate to Allah. If Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to Fatima that I cannot avail you of anything before Allah. What's still about others than Fatima? Radiallahu an. And you find them in the Prophet's mosque supplicating when facing the grave. You will find people facing the grave of Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They stand in front of the grave as they would or even with greater attention than they stand before Allah during the prayer. And alhamdulillah. Allah Azza wa Jal has granted us the opportunity to have studied in Medina, to have stayed in Medina for six years. And this is not hearsay. This is not that we just find in books or that some sheikh has said it, etc. But rather, we've seen this. We've seen how people stand facing the qabr of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, revering this more than they stand like this in the salah. And this hadith also includes evidence that some slight grieving over the dead is allowed and if it will not consequent upon disgust for Allah the Almighty and Sublime. Since Fatima radiallahu anha mourned the death of her father sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not by being upset with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qadha and qadr. Also not by pulling her hair tearing her clothes, etc. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters, is extremely important that we see a lot of death around us recently. Because of the whole pandemic, because of the whole COVID-19, etc., we find that there is a lot of people that we know, a lot of our family members, 
Some of us have lost our parents. Some of us have lost siblings, etc. And they've passed away. And this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for us as believers, we, yes, we mourn as we will see a bit later. But we don't tear our clothing. We don't afwan, pull our hair. We don't say things that are going to be displeasing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah knows best. The next hadith reads as follows. An Abi Zayd, Usama ibn Zayd, ibn Haritha, Mawla Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wahibbi wa ibn Hibbi radiyallahu anhuma. Kala, arsalat bintun nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna ibni qad qadih tudra fashhadna fa'arsala yuqra'u salam wa yaqul inna allaha ma akhadha walahu ma a'ta wa kullu shay'in indahu bi ajalin musamma faltasbir waltahtasib fa'arsalat ilayhi tuqsimu alayhi liya'tiyannaha فقام ومعه سعد بن عباده ومعاذ بن جبل وأبي بن كعب وزيد بن ثابت ورجال رضي الله عنهم فرفع إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الصبي فأقعده في حجره ونفسه تقعقع ففاضت عيناه فقال سعد يا رسول الله ما هذا فقال هذه رحمة جعلها الله تعالى في قلوب عباده وفي رواية في قلوب من شاء من عباده وإنما يرحم الله من عباده رحمه متفق عليه أسامة بن زيد نريتد that the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent for him as her child was dying. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned the messenger and sent her good wishes by saying, whatever Allah takes away or gives belongs to him and everything with him has a limited fixed term in this world. And so she should be patient and anticipate Allah's reward. She again sent for him, adjuring him for the sake of Allah to come. The Messenger of Allah accompanied was Sa'd ibn Ubadah, Mu'adh ibn Jabal, Ubay ibn Ka'b, Zayd ibn Thabit, and some other men went to see her. The child was lifted up to the Messenger of Allah while his breath was disturbed in his chest. On seeing that, the eyes of the Prophet, peace be upon him, streamed with tears. Sa'd said, O Messenger of Allah, what is this? He replied, it is compassion which Allah has placed in the hearts of his slaves. Allah is compassionate only to those amongst his slaves who are compassionate to others. In another narration it says the messenger of Allah said, Allah shows compassion only to those amongst his slaves who are compassionate. Rawah Bukhari and Muslim. The author, may Allah be pleased with him, show, quoted from Abu Zaid, Usama ibn Zaid al-Haritha, may Allah be pleased with him, with him both and Zayd ibn Haritha was a freed slave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was a slave and Khadija radiyallahu anha 
gave him to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who then freed him and he became his Mawla, his free slave. His nickname was Hibbar Rasul, his dear one to the Messenger of Allah. Likewise his son, dear to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well. And so Usama is his beloved and the son of his beloved. May Allah be pleased with both of them. And imagine being the beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was reported that one of the daughters of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent a messenger to him to inform him that her son is in his last moments and is about to die. And that she is requesting the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's presence. The messenger told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam answered that Tell her to be patient and anticipate Allah's reward. Certainly, whatever Allah takes away or gives belongs to Him. And everything with Him has a fixed term. And here, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is one of the du'as that we should learn. One of the statements that we should learn. And when we speak to someone that has lost someone, when we give our condolences, then this should be said. That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes away or He gives. And this all belongs to Allah. And everything with Allah has a fixed term. Have patience and the reward is with Allah azza wa The Prophet ordered the man who was sent by his daughter to tell her, the mother of the child, the species of advice. He said that she should be patient and hope for the reward from Allah for her patience. They are among the people, those who would be patient during adversity, but would not hope in the rewards. They would hold back from a sin, but they hope not in the recompense of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they miss benefits from Allah. But if the individual is patient and hopes in the rewards of Allah, then that is to say he desires that Allah's rewards and recompenses him. This is actual ihtisab, hoping in Allah's reward. Tell her to be patient. And this is something that, again, I've mentioned this before. Many of the ulama, they speak about this in today's time. Many of the students of knowledge, the du'at as well. That we should be patient with trials. I don't think there's a family in our current situation, but that they have lost someone. So be patient over the trials and anticipate Allah's reward for indeed the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is great so concerning the statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam certainly whatever Allah takes away or gives belongs to him and everything with him has a limited fixed term the statement is marvelous if everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then if he takes away anything from you, it is his own. So know that everything belongs to Allah. And if we bring this into our lives, and if we understand that everything belongs to Allah, then if Allah takes us from you, then know that this is from Allah and he's allowed to take it. And why should you then go through certain bad qualities that pe certain people have 
when they lose something dear to them or someone dear to them afwan what do they do they start pulling their hair they start pulling their clothes they start asking questions but why them they were still young why did it happen to them why did he have to go to this place but know that this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we all belong to Allah all of us so if we belong to Allah and we do belong to Allah it is Allah's prerogative it is Allah's right to take us whenever he feels like taking us and Allah knows best so hence whenever Allah takes away something that you love or something someone that you love you should say this belongs to Allah and it is his right to take whatever he wills and give whatever he wills so it is from the sunnah for the individual who suffers an adversity to say that inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un that truly we belong to Allah and to Allah is our return so we are owned by Allah and he would do as he likes with us likewise regarding what we like if he takes it away from us it is his and to him belongs the heavens and the earth whatever is in the heavens and the earth whatever he takes and whatever he gives it belongs to Allah and even what he gives you is not owned by you they belong to Allah consequently you have no right to use what Allah has given you except in the manner that he permits you subhanallah have you ever thought of this has this thought ever crossed your mind that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, whether it is wealth, whether it is children, a beautiful house, a beautiful car, a great mind, intellect, good health, then know that we should use this only to something which is halal, only something which obeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because at the end of the day, this is not ours. And this is proof that our ownership of whatever Allah has given us is not absolute. We must not use them just as we please. And if an individual desires to do that, and in a manner the law has not approved of, we will say to him, refrain because the wealth belongs to Allah, as he is free from all imperfections. He says in Surah An-Nur, and give them something out of the wealth of Allah, Wealth belongs to Allah, therefore do not use it except in a manner in which Allah Azza wa Jal has approved. So he said, whatever Allah takes away, وسلم, whatever Allah takes away or gives belongs to him. If what Allah takes belongs to him, why would we be worried? There's no need to worry. We should, why should we be upset with a possessor that is taken? His possession. It definitely contradicts sense and it disagrees with the text. Yani found in the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then the Prophet peace be upon him he said, and everything with him has a fixed term. Everything with Allah is in due proportion. And he, the exalt, most exalted, the most high, said in Surah Turad, and everything with him is in due proportion. So due proportion as regards to time, place, essence, attributes and everything regarding 
it is in due proportion with Allah, a fixed term, specific. So if you are certain about this, that to Allah belongs what He takes, and whatever He gives in His, and that everything has its fixed time with Allah, then you will be content with life. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this last expression means that it is not possible for the individual to alter the written and fixed matter. It can neither be postponed nor drawn back, as Allah says, لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَجَلٍ إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ السَّاعَةَ وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ For every nation, for every ummah, there is a fixed appointed time. When the term comes, neither can they delay it, nor can they advance it a moment. So if a thing is preordained and cannot be brought forward or drawn backwards, then there lies no benefit in grieving and disgusting, since that does not change any of the preordained matters. Therefore, the messenger of, or Afwan, thereafter the messenger to the Prophet's daughter, what the Prophet, peace be upon him, had ordered him to convey to her, but she requested for his presence. So he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he stood up with a group of his companions and went to her. The child was given to him while it shook, trembling. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he cried. His eyes shed tears. Thereupon Sa'ad ibn Ubadah, may Allah be pleased with him, who was with the Prophet, peace be upon him, at this time. He asked the Messenger of Allah, yani, what is this? Why are you crying? The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he wept out of great worry. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that this is indeed compassion. This is rahmah. And I weep out of compassion for the child and not worry over the preordain. And this is normal, yani. When people cry, when their mothers pass away, when the kids pass away, someone close to them, most of the time this crying is out of sadness. When the Prophet ﷺ's son Ibrahim, when he passed away, the Prophet ﷺ, he cried and he said that we do not cry because of the decree of Allah, but we cry out of, yani out of compassion and out of mercy, out of sadness. And know that Allah is all compassionate only to those amongst his slaves who are compassionate as the Prophet peace be upon him said. So this contains evidence for shedding tears out of sympathy for the afflicted. If you see an individual mentally or physically challenged and you weep out of sympathy for him, then that is evidence that Allah has placed compassion in your heart. Sometimes what do we do? We mock at these people. You see someone that is physically challenged, we start laughing at them. We start mocking at them. This is not the way of a believer. This hadith also is evidence that this is the best expression sympathizers could utter. And it is better than an expression some of the people Say, may Allah multiply your rewards, give you a better consolation, and forgive your deceased. So this expression is given preponderance by some of the scholars, but what the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what he actually taught us is, Isbir wahdasib fa inna lillahi ma akhada walahu ma a'ta wa kulla shay'in indahu bi ajarim musamma. 
To Allah belongs what He takes and whatever He gives is His. And everything has its fixed time. So it is better to say the dua that we learn from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And condolences is not congratulations essentially as some of the laymen think. They would celebrate and gather chairs, they would light candles, invite reciters of the Quran and provide food. It is rather something which is not found in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this happens until today. People invite, they have a khatam, this one reads a Jews, that one reads another Jews. But no, rather you should follow the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this was not found in the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So scholars, may Allah be pleased with them, said it is amongst the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to give condolences to those that are distressed. They did not say it is sunnah to give condolences to relatives since the relative may not have been distressed by the death of the family member while the relative far associate might have been distressed due to the strong relations. So what the sheikh is actually saying here is that also one needs to look at who is going through distress. And if you see someone going through distress at the time of a janazah, then give them condolences and Allah knows best. Then he also says that sometimes giving condolences for the distressed doesn't mean that they are the relatives of the family only. For example, in right since the book was written by Imam Nawawi, compiled by Imam Nawawi, and the Sharh was written by Sheikh Muhammad Salih al Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala. And maybe we lived in the time of Sheikh Uthaymin. And when he passed away, you would obviously find, you can check this on YouTube as well, that many of his students, they would cry when speaking about the sheikh. They're not relatives to the sheikh. But they were distressed when hearing that the sheikh, rahimallah ta'ala, has passed away. However, today, unfortunately, the ways have turned. Condolences is directed to the relative, even if such an individual is delighted Beating a drum rejoicing over the death of his relation wa na'udhu billah. Perhaps some may be poor, such that he has troubles with his uncle who dies bequeathing millions of dirham. Will such an poor individual rejoice over the death of his uncle or not? In most cases he would say, Alhamdulillah who has freed me from his troubles and granted me his inheritance. Such a person must not be given condolences. He should rather be congratulated if we must say anything in a nutshell, it is necessary for us to understand that condolences is to exhort the distressed person towards patience and submission. And as such, the best expressions most suitable for the situation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all success. Allah azza wa jal is the grantor of success. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that gives life and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that takes life. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.